bringing you his authentic perspectives on important topics. They live in suburbs together. They live in the city together. They hang out together, all in the same family. We're the only idiots that fight because we want our voice to only be on one side. Like, does that even make any sense? And when the side loses, you lose everything. They, on the other hand, have a voice no matter what because somebody that looks like them is always in, in control. Frank, candid, and straight to the point. Well, it's just a skewed uh, system. Of course it is. It's a lot but, of a judgment. But, but answer my question, though. Should we let people what? go? Should we let people go? Like, let's just forget about bail altogether. And if your neighbor commits well, a homicide and kills people... Up, nah, if you kill people and they next to you and you just let them come back and live right next to you, they can live upstairs from you. Let them come in your house. This is The Truth of the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth and The Truth app. Now, he's the mayor of the city of Milwaukee. He's a young man. Give him a chance. I only complain about things that I care about. What I want you to do is pretend like I'm in St. Louis. And all I'm asking the mayor and the common council president and the common council, show me. Now, live from the American Family Insurance Studio in Milwaukee, here is Dr. Ken Harris. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. 833-212-1017 is the number. So I'm going to be jumping into some stuff that Tori Lowe was talking about with um, Protosawitz. I'm going I'm to help Ben Jammin with the last name. Protosawitz. Protosawitz. All right. So here's the deal. I was listening to something the other day and somebody made a comment about life that threw me. Now, I'm not. I'm I'm not any anywhere near close to being a socialist. I, I can just say that now. I'm not anywhere close to being a communist, right? But every now and then, you got people like Sun Tzu that say things that are like outstanding, and unfortunately, <laughs> and and I say that tongue in cheek. Because I think you can you can learn something from everyone, no matter who they are, within reason. Minus a few people like Pol Pot and Hitler, but Nietzsche said something that was powerful. He said, "He who has a why can bear any how." In other words. There are things that can happen in your life that tend to be so difficult it makes us want to quit. When in fact, we need to recognize and realize that in the end, no matter what you do, you have to know why you're doing it. But if you can find the why, if you can figure out the why, you can bear any how. In other words, if you know why you're doing something, you'll know how to work through the how, the steps it takes, the policies, 
the work. You'll be able to get through that. And so yesterday I mentioned the 10 points, and one of the points I mentioned yesterday surrounded knowing your purpose in life. We have to know our personal why in everything that we do. Otherwise, the outcome is meaningless. We have to know why we wake up every single day in the morning and do whatever it is we do. Go to work. Uh, why, why do we take a shower? Why do we brush our teeth? Why do we comb our hair? Well, if you've ever run into people who didn't, it's easy to know why we do that. But in the end, we have to recognize that we have to know why we go to work each and every single day. Why do we earn money, get paid, cash our check? Why do we do that? Well, we have to know why. We have to know why we dream for a better life. We have to know why we go to school. We have to know why we do all the things in our lives that we do. Because then when we find out what it'll take to do it, the how, we can bear it. We can make it. We can work our way through. See, I figured this out a long time ago that life does not get easy. Now, you may look at older people and think, wow, and I mean older as in five years, someone that's graduated from college and someone is graduating from high school and they see someone in college graduate. Looks easy. You see someone and you're graduating from the eighth grade to go to high school and you see someone graduate from high school and you think, wow, that looks easy. When in fact, all you're seeing is the end result. Their why, they understand. They wanna get a job. They want to go to college and get a job or they want to learn a trade and get paid and take care of whatever. Like what? Well, if you think back about your life, when you think back through everything you've gone through, you may not have understood why because your parents just told you the how. I need you to do what? I need you to go to school. I need you to graduate. Later, you took on your own why. Your, your, your why may have been as simple as growing up, going to school. I mean, think about it. As you get older, you go through the grades, you go to school, you graduate, with, whether it's high school or college or two-year, doesn't matter. You start dating. There's possibly marriage, kids, work, all those things. And we always look at the end and go, hey, that's where I want to be. I have my why, and I'm working through my how. The problem is, it's not easy. The problem is, I don't know who said any of this would be easy. It's not easy to wake up every day and go on the radio hours. 52 weeks in a year, right? Two hours a day, five days a week. That's 10 hours times 52 weeks is 520 hours a year. You have to figure out what to talk about. Four segments an hour, 
two hours makes it eight. So multiply that. Think about it. Topics. I can look at the end and go, oh, that's great. Hey, look, the station won an award last year. But what we can't do is forget about the fact that no one said anything we do in life will be easy. So we do it. We do grow up. We do go to school. We do start to date. We do get married. We do have kids. And we work. And we get paid. Relationships ebb and flow. Jobs, well, they become boring. And kids grow up and move away, figure out their own why, and go through their own how. But then why all this? Is it that life doesn't get any easier on purpose? Well, it's not that life doesn't get any easier. And if you're wondering and you're struggling and you're trying to get through and figuring out why, why does it look like everybody else gets it and I don't seem to be getting it yet? Well, rest assured. But you need to remember, it's not that life gets any easier because it doesn't. What you need to learn how to do is handle hard better. And that is Dr. Ken's Truth on the new 1017 The Truth. This is The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. 833-212-1017 is the number. Make sure you're hanging around Friday morning because there's going to be a special announcement coming up at 8 o'clock. So make sure you're there right here. So I was listening to the Tory Lowe show, and Tory Lowe was talking about um, – Potashevitz and some of the comments that she allegedly made, some of the things that she allegedly said in regards to um, her stepson, her, um, I believe, ex-husband. And so there was a conservative, what is it, WisconsinRightNow.com ran a story that John Err, E-H-R, adamantly said that Supreme Court justice candidate Janet Protosiewicz used racial slurs, physically abused, and all that. And those are, those are accusations. No one has been convicted. No one has been charged. None of that. But one of the things that he went on to say is that... They heard her use the N-word and a slur toward Hispanics. Now, this guy describes himself as a liberal and says, hey, you know, my friends and, you know, we we don't, you know, we're we're liberals. We don't do that. Uh, But I I I I think it's only fair 
just like in other cases and all cases, uh, Republican or Democrat, liberal or conservative, if you say something that's detrimental or possibly detrimental, you should be tested. You should be asked, hey, did you say this? Now, I'm willing to have, and if her people are listening, if Janet wants to come on the show, and I and, and my apologies, Judge Protosawitz wants to come on the show and discuss exactly what happened, I'm open to it. I'm open to it. I am open to her. I would prefer she come into the studio and talk because I think I don't I don't think it's appropriate for anybody to have them to have them. Let me think about it. I don't think it's appropriate for anybody to be uh, blamed for saying something or told, you know, somebody say you said something without giving you the opportunity to defend yourself. So because he said it in public. She should be able to defend herself in public. The issue is I haven't heard any of this in the media. I haven't heard any of this in what I guess what they call mainstream media. I haven't heard any of this stuff about her saying that. And so I think everyone should be given a chance to defend themselves. I think everyone should be given a chance to correct the record the way that they see it. What are your thoughts? 833-212-1017 is the number. Here you have liberals talking about other liberals. I mean, she's an admitted liberal. She's pro-abortion. She's pro um, some things that would be considered liberal. Uh, I'm sure there are some other things about her that would be considered conservative, like everybody. Um, But rather than have her opposition come on and bash her or talk about her, I think it's important that she be able to defend herself, to be able to have a voice. And I think that's one of the things that the, and the, the it's one of the reasons why the truth is here. It's one of the reasons why the truth is actually named the truth. So that we want to get at it. What are your thoughts? 833-212-1017 is the number. You can hit us on the talk or you can hit us on the text line. I think politics have gotten to a point, to be honest with you, that I don't I don't care for either side. And no, I'm not saying we need to start a third party system. I don't know. I, I don't know. But are you tired of politics? I'm tired of the way politicians talk about each other. They call each other names. They use buzzwords. They have Gwen Moore using, you know, radical this and radical right and MAGA this and MAGA that as if it's going to spur people on. But here's my question about all of them. Where were you when things are happening in our city? Why isn't Janet Protosawitz? And Dan Kelly speaking up about the shootings that are occurring in Milwaukee and Green Bay and and Lacrosse and and Madison and like where 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 are their thoughts as it relates to how to heal the community? Because if they're not, they're as bad as all the local politicians we have here that don't say a word about anything that's going on. You've got a police department. You can't blame the police chief. You can't blame the police command staff. You can't blame the fire department, the fire chief. You can't bl- because they are. If 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 they if they were. Well, I was trying to use an analogy. They're landlocked. 
right? They're stuck in the middle. Better yet, they're out on the island all by themselves. They're, they're in an island all by themselves. And so I think it's important that we remember who works for us, right? We have to remember who works for us. 833-212-1017 is the number. Michael, you're on the new 1017 The Truth. Hello, Michael. You there? All right, we'll get back to Michael. 833-212-1017 is the number. I, I think I think it's important that we remember that um, both sides lie, both sides tell the truth, both sides tell their own story. If Michael's back, you're on the new 101. We're not. Okay. All right. Talking text line is telling me that uh, Jessica McBride is the reporter that broke the story. She's pushing for an internal investigation with Children's Court. I would invite her on your show. Eh, we'll see. Because mainstream media only reports what they want. Jessica McBride from Wisconsin right now um, sent Tori a message and wanted to reach out to you, Dr. Ken. I agree. Don't like either one. Okay. I mean, at some point, I mean, I want to hear from both sides. We've heard from the sun. We've heard the negatives. But here's my question. When we hear the negatives from Democrats or liberals, why doesn't the black community respond the same way they respond when it's a conservative? If the N-word is bad, When a conservative or white person says it, the N-word should be bad when a liberal white person says it. Why is it we allow that to occur? Why is it we let that happen? And, and I don't understand why there's a double standard. Because you agree with the person? Okay, I get it. But when you're wrong, you're wrong. Talking text line says, we got some of our black calling the show saying Biden and Kamala ain't working uh, and saying Trump and Scott could win because choose your votes wisely. Can't take it back once it's done. Um, we don't need more Trump and Republican rule. Well, I, I don't I don't know if we had Trump and Republican rule. He's just the president. And as you're starting to see, like Joe Biden, the president doesn't really control your quality of life. They might impact the taxes you pay, but if you don't have a lot of money, you don't pay a lot of money. They might impact uh, welfare to some extent. They might say something and affect the markets, but then are enough black people invested in the market for it to matter? So I think in the end, when we talk all the crap about Biden and Kamala and Trump and all that and Scott Walker, I don't think anybody cares. I think Scott Walker had more of an impact on our lives than Donald Trump. I think Governor Evers has more of an impact on our life than Joe Biden. So who cares? 
Again, seriously, who cares? Everything is local. All politics are local. And if you get caught down the rabbit hole of national politics, thinking that when Biden comes in, the world's going to change, and it didn't, what are you going to do? You're still stuck in Milwaukee. You're still here working. We're still here side by side. We're still here struggling. We're still here winning. Kia said, take a listen to her Facebook lives this past week. She's further investigating on her own regarding families from Children's Court, too. Well, let her do it. She's an investigative reporter. Jessica McBride, she's an investigative reporter. Let her do what she does. If people want to listen, they'll listen. If people don't want to listen, they won't listen. But what we need to start doing is hearing from both sides of the aisle. Because if we don't, we're going to end up pushing the same rhetoric and driving a further uh, wedge between us. We're talking about broken families, broken homes, broken everything. And when we come back, I want to talk about a Milwaukee woman. When we talk about broken and the city not doing their job, there's a story on WISN.com I want to talk about. Because this is the type of little thing. People have always said, broken windows theory doesn't work but we're going to talk about first i'm going to explain what broken windows is and then we're going to talk about how when we don't fix little things big things can happen you're listening to truth in the afternoon i'm your host dr ken harris traffic weather and sports up next you are listening to the truth in the afternoon with dr ken harris on 1017 the truth the truth app and 1017thetruth.com You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris, 833-212-1017 is the number. Before I get to my topic, Talking Text Line says, just called. Don't know why you couldn't hear me. Um, was gonna, well, it doesn't matter any difference. She, if she used the racist slur, Dems will deny and black votes, voters will vote because that's what we're told to do. Brothers voted for George Wallace and got president. So, I mean, it is what it is. But if we remain monolithic in our voting, all the outcomes are going to be the same. Nothing. So before the break, we were talking about, well, I digress. I was talking about the broken windows theory. So. For those of you that are into the social sciences and psychology and communication and all that stuff, sociology, psychology, broken windows theory is an academic theory proposed by social scientists James Q. Wilson and George Kelling in 1982. Now, I met George Kelling when um, one of our chiefs came in. He brought in George Kelling and was able to Uh, do some things and make some changes with the Milwaukee Police Department. So the academic theory first appeared in the Atlantic Monthly. It states, and this is what 
the New York Civil Liberties Union is saying about it. Um, it says that signs of disorder in a neighborhood like a broken window encourage petty crimes and leads to more serious crimes. Wikipedia says in criminology, broken windows theory states that visible signs of crime, antisocial behavior, and civil disorder create an urban environment that encourages further crime and disorder, including serious crime. So what people have done is they've done studies. There's a Kansas City study where they put a car um, in a poverty-stricken neighborhood, and they had the car sit there for a day or so, and then they started to dismantle the car. And I'm, I'm, I'm using a rough understanding, a rough memory. <laughs> uh, didn't look up the study, but this is what I remember from it. I hope I'm doing it justice. And you removed the hubcap, took a wheel off and put it on a crate, broke out one of the windows, and eventually people started to come to the car and go in and break in and do things and steal stuff. Much like a house. If you see a house and it's intact, nobody bothers it. But then you walk past and you see a broken window and then the window stays broken. People assume, hey, there's nobody home. I should go in and break in. That's a visible sign of a crime. But then they're saying it leads to antisocial behavior like burglary, civil disorder, which then creates an urban environment that encourages more civil disorder and crime. And then eventually it leads to more serious crimes. A Milwaukee woman told WISN 12 News her street has been dark for more than a week. The Milwaukee Department of Public Works said it's a widespread problem. Now, if I remember, and help me out, 833-212-1017, if, if I remember correctly, we paid, like, I don't, I, don't, I don't even remember the number, $40, $17, whatever it is, every month for streetlights, for them to repair streetlights. She spent a week in pitch darkness. Sheriff Love said she sees outside her house on 2nd Street when night falls. The street light has been out for more than a week. The criminals are already out when the lights are on. So imagine having free reign with the lights and it's pitch dark. She parks her car on the street, and now without the security blanket of a street light. I have to leave my window cracked so I can hear. Before, I didn't have to leave it like that all the time because the lights were on, but now that the lights are not on, I have to take additional measures, Love said. Love says she called the mayor's office, the office of uh, the uh, Department of Public Works, even her common council member, and I've she said, I've reached out to people that I thought would answer and say, oh, well. Let's call this person and let's call that person, but nothing's happened. In Love's words, she said, only crickets. However, as thought of, the Department of Public Works responded to WISN 12 News, and a DPW spokesperson said, recent weather events 
and the freeze-thaw cycle has created a backlog of about 50 circuit outages on older streetlight circuits in the city. As if you didn't know they were going to go out. As if you didn't know they were old. Crews address outages in the order that they're reported to the city. That's kind of dumb because you have some streets that are actually more important. And I think you should do both. Take them in order, and then some of them you should go out and look at night. And if it looks like it's a really bad place, you should get those done the next day. So you should probably actually get it done a little slower, but also have an emergency crew that can go out and take care of some of the stuff as fast as possible. Crew address, again, crews address outages in the order they're reported to the city. DPW is aware of the outage in this area and crews are working diligently to make repairs. Well, you yourself just said you backlog, so how are you working diligently? And then they put the number to call, 286-CITY. Love said the problem is not new on her street. What is new is how long it's been in the dark. She said it happens numerous times in this area. I've owned property for seven years, so it happened a lot. But normally it's only for a day or two. But now it's a week. What are your thoughts? 833-212-1017 is the number. With summer coming, with spring already here, is that going to cause us to get more crime? Is it going to prove the broken windows theory actually works, or is it going to just be another day? Just be acceptable. Just, just accept the fact that you live in the city of Milwaukee and bad things happen. Is that, I mean, is that the course we're going to be on now? When a citizen calls, your common council member doesn't call you back. DP doesn't, DPW doesn't call you back. The mayor's office doesn't call you back. But when the news media calls, and that's why it's important to hold your news media properly responsible for the things that they do and that they don't report. Those same news places didn't report about Janet Protosawitz. But they go after a street lamp. Why? Because many of them support Janet Protosawitz. Yes? No? I don't know. 833-212-1017 is the number. Uh, before we go to break, Sandra, you are on the new 1017 The Truth. The Truth. Okay, thank you. Hey. Hi, Dr. Ken. Hey, how are you? Yes, I am just fine. And you? I'm doing just wonderful. Okay, yeah, you're doing a good job. You're telling us what's happening around uh, uh, the city. And street lights and everything, and uh, how they added it to our water bills, and we still can't get nothing done, and how the uh, broken up streets, uh, you're falling in holes, and all of that stuff. And I tell you, I fell in a big hole, and it broke. Uh, they broke my hole like that axle, uh-huh. and the whole tire and all of that fell in the hole. And you won't get the city won't pay you because I sent the bill oh, no. to the city; they didn't pay me. Yeah, they'll no. figure out a way not to pay you. As always. Mm-hmm. Right. They did that. And I'm sitting up here saying this big hole in the street. And you know it. They know the, the holes are there because they hear us complaining all the time. I think they like that. They like to see us in misery 
and that shows their people, and I'm going to say it, their white people, that they're looking out for them mainly, especially the ones that's paying all the money for taxes in the suburbs. And uh, uh, they're looking out for their people, and they're letting us know. They're letting them know that we're looking out for you, not them. And so we got a fight on our hand. But, uh, um, you know, you're talking about the broken windows policy, and I was looking at that, and I said, how they're going to cry about broken windows when you got boarded up windows? Everything you look at is boarded up. I'm sitting up here saying, you talking about a broken window? I guess, you know, it seems like to me they think we're crazy. You know, um, right. this is ridiculous. Yeah. And I, I'm just wondering at what point will they stop trying to play us for fools? Well, when we stop letting them. When we stop letting them, when we start making a concerted effort to vote people out of office who do not take care of us, then it'll change. Then politicians will wake up and recognize it. When we stop giving them money, when we stop coming to their meetings, when we stop supporting them, they will wake up and do their jobs or else we need to vote them out. Get And maybe rid they of don't because if you don't come, they won't do nothing. They just collect the paycheck. Pensions, I mean, they get pensions, they get paychecks, they get fringe benefits, they get everything. But then they cry about you. You can't form a union. We don't want that. We're very conservative. We don't want this. Well, that's not it, because it it can't be a conservative thing because we're talking about the city. And and I don't know of any real conservatives that are in city government. Those are all Mm -hmm. liberals. They're all Democrats. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. So when we so when we talk about that, we need to know conservative people. No, it is not. uh, No, it is not. The city of Milwaukee is not. The city of Milwaukee does not have Republicans in the city council. If they do, it might be one, maybe two. Oh, you said city, city government. Council. Well, yeah. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Because they're the ones that control the Department of Public Works. They're the ones that control the city. So how you can probably they thought I was talking about got, the state. If you got a, a, a Voss in the saying we're not going to give you no money. Voss has nothing <laughs> to do with us it. paying our. Voss has nothing to do with us paying our property taxes in the city it right, going to the city and what the back. city does with I'm it saying. well we're not talking about the state of wisconsin we're talking about the city of milwaukee and of the milwaukee. leadership we and have we here want a fair share back. because That's what I'm the, but we about. ain't but we're not but we're not talking about robin foss we're talking about the city the city controls well, the street lights share? it has nothing to do back? with a fair share it has to do with well, what they're the using with what we give them you we have, have to get out of this month well, we're, we we got to pay taxes. This well, has nothing to do with up. Robin Voss. The fact that the well, city, the city cannot pay tax on empty lots. You sell them. Okay, now why aren't they getting sold? Go talk to your alderman, your older woman. Go okay. talk to the common council president. Talk to the mayor. They're the ones that handle it, not okay, Robin Voss. Well, that's what I'm I need not... to know because. It... I'm not taking up for Robert Voss, but this is city stuff that we're talking about. Yeah, but he's the one who said we can't because they said they were trying to get a fair share of money. That has he no bearing. He'll, he'll those are two separate things. I think he's part things. of the treasurer or something up there. No, those are two separate things. That's, that's when you pay your tax. That's when we pay our share of, of taxes to the to the state, and then the state redistributes that out, out to the rest of the state. 
We're saying we should get more of it because we pay more of it. But we still don't know what the people in the city of Milwaukee who are in leadership are going to do with it. See, they've never given Mm -hmm. us. All they do is blame the fact that they can't do it. They blame the fact. These are the same people that complained about Scott Walker in Act 10 and then turn around and had a $25 million savings and then used it on something they weren't supposed to. See, it, you know, they, they keep talking the same thing, but we never hold people accountable. We talk about responsibility, but then we, when, when the people look like us, we don't hold them responsible. Mm-hmm. And at some point, we have to stand up and do that. And if they don't do what mm-hmm. we tell them, if Sandra votes and they don't do what Sandra and her neighbors say do, get rid of them. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, Barrett, you know, he was up there and he said uh, Milwaukee was going to be uh, uh, Detroit. He told us right up what's going to happen. He knew. And he's, in leader- and he's in leadership of the city. So what does that tell you? He, he was telling he you he was wasn't going to do a doggone thing, and he always, exactly. every That's time, blamed someone else. It was mm-hmm, never his mm-hmm. fault. Well, okay. I think just what we need to do is get very well educated in this city. We need to get our kids off the street, and uh, hopefully we can get the guns out of the hands and get the media to stop popping us off as crazy and killers and stuff. But uh, if we can get our kids very well educated to this stuff, then uh, we'll have a big fight on our hands with, you know, we'll have something to fight with ammunition. Yes, we will. Okay. Yes, we will. Thank you, ma'am. All right. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. This is The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. 833-212-1017 is the number. I want to say thank you to Sandra for calling. And thanks for Mike for hitting us on the talking text line as well. 833-212-1017 is the number. I'm looking at some of these stories. And um, I'm trying to hold on and not use any of them. I'm going to use them in my top five at five. But some of the stuff is that's got me... Um, wondering what is really going on in the city. Who who are we hiring? Like what what is what is what is going on? Fox6now.com has a story that says in a few months, the city of Milwaukee Assessor's Office will be mailing out property assessments. 2023 is a maintenance year for city assessments. That means most values carry over from 2022 unless there's a error or change to the property. But then one guy wrote contact six to tell him that, hey, my home assessment is too high. So if you owned a house and your house was, I don't know, worth $200,000, if they assessed your home, what would you think your assessment quote being too high would be. I mean, I I just wonder. Alex, if you owned a house and your house was worth $200,000 and then the county 
assessor's office, the city assessor's office came in, assessed your property and told you a number and you told them it was too high. What what would that number be for you to think is too high? Because, you know, your property taxes are based on the assessment that the city has. So if I told you two, you if you thought your house was worth two hundred thousand dollars and then you got an assessment that said it was worth what? What would that number be that would make you go, hey, this is too high? Just go on the air. <laughs> oh yeah, my bad. Too high is in like what do you mean by like isn't too high? Like 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 if if you knew your house was worth two hundred thousand dollars and you had to pay, I don't know, five thousand dollars in taxes. And then the next time the assessor came out, they told you your house was worth this number and you would go, Whoa, that's too high. How much would your tax have to be over five thousand dollars for you to say it's too high? Like you like if you double it, then you're gonna be like, whoa. Double. So if they said your house was worth two hundred and eighty thousand dollars and you gotta pay us ten thousand instead of five thousand, you might go, uh I don't think I put eight eighty thousand dollars into my house. And I don't think the neighborhood went up that high. So why exactly am I paying this much money? Well, a Milwaukee math teacher when it came to numbers. Matthew Vang knows what outliers mean. And they said his house was the only property on the street to jump. Not 100, not 200, not 300, not 400, but above $500,000 after his assessment. So he ran his own calculations. And they were off by about $150,000. Again. Another one of those city things. You got to be careful when people say, hey, this is it. Don't just take things. If do. Yes, I'm one of those anal retentive people. I read my power bill. I read my meter. I look at how much water I used. I look at it and think, okay, that is a little off. That's a little too much. And then I go back and I read it. And I say, this is what it was last time. This is what it was this time. You came around and took it electronically and you're wrong. This is what it reads today. What are we doing? Yes, I'm one of those guys. I will call and complain. But also when you do great, I'll do it also. This guy's property taxes went from $8,400 to $13,800. A 65% increase. During a time of inflation where Loans to get a house are what, 9, 10, 12? I mean, commercial loans are 9%. But yet we're sitting here playing these games. And who was it? Well, Nicole Larson, the city of Milwaukee's commissioner of assessments. So we, we, need, to, we need to start looking at folks in the city. We need to go back. We need to start going after... Um, the records that we get and looking at them so that we can figure out what the city is doing right now. I know I'm gonna say this out loud, Sandra, you might be right. I think we're headed down the road of Detroit. And if we don't watch it and if we keep the right people or the wrong people in office next year, we're going to be hurting.